Hi guys, don't forget to check out the podcast every Friday at 6pm. Hope to see you there. And back to the show. The Green Finger. Are you sure of this? Oh, quite sure. It's all in the book I'm reading, Mr. Temple. A most interesting book. Here's the sheet, Governor. Now we can cover him up a bit. If there's anything I hate, the sight of it, a fellow that's going it. Hello, what's that? It sounds to me like the sergeant and Dr. Milton. Taking a hell of a long time about it. Will you want me to remain out here, Sergeant, or uh, come in with you? You'd better come with me, Roger. Oh, very good, Sergeant. Good evening, Mr. Temple. Evening, Daly. Thank heavens you've come. I was just about to come with a body. Inspector Harvey. Good gracious, why... Why... Why, this is... If you please, Doctor. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm sorry, Sergeant. Could we have another light on, please? I can't see very clearly. Hodges, take a look at the back of this place. I think there's some sort of a courtyard. Very good, Sergeant. Well, Doctor? He's been dead about quarter of an hour, I should say. He must have died almost instantly. Mm. Uh. Mm. Now, I'd like a few details, if you don't mind. Was the deceased a friend of yours, Mr. Temple? Well, not exactly what one would call a friend, Sergeant. I knew him fairly well. His name is Harvey. Chief Inspector Harvey of Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard? I see. Was he staying the night here? Well, he was and he wasn't, as you might say, Sergeant. Well, was he? Perhaps it would be better if you allowed me to explain, Sergeant. Well? Inspector Harvey was on holiday. He called in to see me about, about 10.15 this evening. Dr. Milton and his niece had been dining with me and were on the point of leaving. Harvey gave me to understand that he was staying the night here at the Little General. Unfortunately, I persuaded the poor devil to change his mind and stay the night with me. We came down here to get his luggage. What time would that be? Oh, about 11.15, I should say. Certainly no later. Go on. Well... I waited outside for him in my car. After about five minutes or so, Mr. Daly came running out. He was very excited and obviously upset. He told me that Harvey had shot himself. Hmm. Now let's hear your side of the story, Daly. Mr. Daly, if you don't mind. Very well, let's hear your side of the story, Mr. Daly. Hmm. Well, I was stood behind the bar doing a crossword puzzle when this fellow comes in and... Says he's changed his mind about staying here the night. He pops upstairs and brings down his suitcase. Then he asks me if I could change a quid. I says, yes, and goes into the back parlour to get the money. 
When I get you back, I seize him just like he is now. Good. It was an awful nasty shock, I can tell you. Hmm. Had you seen him before? Of course I had. I was here when he first arrived. What time would that be? Oh, I don't know. About five, perhaps. Was there anyone else in here tonight? When he returned for his luggage? Oh, yes. Dozens of people. About 15 platinum blondes and a couple of film stars. We had a gala night, Sergeant. You must join in the fun sometime. Don't try and be funny and answer the question. Anyone here that caught up past 11 caught? That policing place is dead after our past eight. Is there anyone staying here at the moment? Yes, Sergeant. This lady. Miss Parchment. Oh. Oh, yes. Well, ma'am... Can, uh, can you throw any light on this matter? I'm afraid not, Sergeant. I was in my room reading when Mr. Daly arrived with the news that this gentleman had shot himself and that a Mr. Temple wished to see me. Naturally, I was dreadfully upset about the matter and you so... You didn't look very upset to me. I have learnt to control my emotions. Miss Parchment... How long have you been staying here? I arrived yesterday afternoon, Sergeant. I'm on a walking tour of the Vale of Evesham. I'm interested in old English inns. Very old English inns. Yes? Yes. Uh, just so. Could I have your full name and permanent address? Certainly. Amelia Victoria Parchment. Amelia... Victoria Parchment. 47B Brook Street, London. 47B Brook Street, London. Uh, West Central 1. WC1. Uh, thank you. Now, Mr. Daly, could anyone have come in here whilst you were in the back parlor? Yes, they could have come from either upstairs or from the street. What about from the back? There's an open courtyard, isn't there? Yes, but there's no way of getting into the inn except through the back parlour, and I was in there all the time. Hmm. Well, I just... There's nothing in the courtyard, Sergeant, except a lot of blessed pigeons. <laughs> hmm. Mr. Temple, I, I wonder if you'd mind running me back to the station? I feel that I ought to have a word with Inspector Merritt about this. Certainly. Awfully sorry to keep you hanging about, Doctor. That's all right, Sergeant. That's all right. The police doc's down with flu, and Mr. Temple suggested that Only you too glad to be of service, Sergeant. Think nothing of it. Thank you, sir. You can go to your room, Miss Parchment. I doubt whether the Inspector will want to see you tonight. Oh. Thank you. Good night, Sergeant. Good night. Good night, Mum. I say, what the hell's going to happen to this fellow? We can't just leave him here all the time. I'll attend to that, Daly. Hodges, I think you'd better wait at the front. And don't let anyone enter. Very good, Sergeant. We'll be as quick as we can, Doctor. That's all right. Gone. Yes. I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't be a damn fool. Everything's turned out perfectly. You had any more information about the Lemington job? 
Yes. It came through this morning. Well? We meet on Tuesday. Tuesday? Phew. Here or at your place? Here. In the locked room at the police station here tonight, Chief Inspector Dale discussed with Mr. Paul Temple, the celebrated novelist, the incidents leading up to the tragic suicide of Inspector Harvey of Scotland Yard. <clears throat> it is believed that shortly before his death, Chief Inspector Harvey discussed with Mr. Temple the right mysterious... Uh, shall I read you what the Daily Page says, sir? No. I think we'll leave that to the imagination. Did anyone call yesterday while I was at the station with Inspector Dale? Several reporters, sir. Oh, uh, and a rather elderly lady by the name of Miss Parchment. Miss Parchment? Uh, what the devil does she want? The lady didn't leave a message, sir. Hmm. I'm rather afraid several of the reporters will be returning this morning, sir. They seem quite determined to have a word with you. I don't want to see any of them. Uh, Timothy, I must get down to that serial press. I promise to let me help us have the first installment by the end of May. There was one reporter who seemed very insistent, sir. She simply wouldn't take no for an answer. Wouldn't she, Price? A very pretty girl, too, sir. If <coughs> I may say so. By all means, say so, Price. A very pretty girl who wouldn't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Sounds interesting. Now, what was the young lady's name? I made particular note of it because I thought it sounded rather silly for... Ah, Steve. Steve Trent. Steve Trent. Well, if Miss Steve Trent calls round again, I'm out, Price. I haven't the slightest wish. Uh, it's the door, sir. Excuse me. It'll be Inspector Dale. You better show him in here. Very good, sir. I'm very sorry, Mr. Temple's house. You don't know, yesterday. I'm not convinced. The devil is all this. Price, who is it? It's, it's the young lady, sir. Which young lady? The, uh, the reporter, sir. Oh. oh I see. May, may I come in? Um, yes, I think perhaps you'd better. All right, Price, you can go. Thank you, sir. He's very determined, isn't he? Yes, yes, very. I say, look here, you can't come bursting into people's houses like this. I'm sorry, but you are Paul Temple, aren't you? Yes. I tried to see you yesterday, but your man said you were out. Well, I... What is it you wanted to see me about? Do you think Chief Inspector Harvey committed suicide? My dear Miss Trent, I don't see that it makes a great deal of difference what I think. Please. Please answer my question. Do you think Chief Inspector Harvey committed suicide? Why, Timothy, you are a remarkable young woman. First of all, you were You my... haven't answered my question. No. No, I think he was murdered. I knew it. I knew it. I knew they'd get him. Why do you say that? Gerald Harvey was friend of mine. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. 
My man told me that you were a reporter. Yes, that's true. I'm on the staff of the Evening Post. But that's not why I wanted to see you. Why did you want to see me? Because I need your help. Because I need your help more than I've ever wanted anything in my life before. Was Harvey a very great friend of yours? He was my brother. Your brother? Yes. My real name is Harvey, Louise Harvey. I chose the name of Steve Trent partly for professional reasons and partly for another reason, too. When I suggested that your brother might have been murdered, you said, I knew it, I knew it. I knew they'd get him. What did you mean by, I knew they'd get him? Why do you think my brother came to see you, Mr. Temple, the night he was murdered? I don't know. I'm not at all certain that he had any particular reason. He had. A very good reason. Well? My brother was investigating the mysterious robberies which had been occurring. He had a theory about these robberies which I believe he wanted to discuss with you. A theory? About eight years ago, my brother was attached to what was then called a service BY. It was a special branch of the Cape Town Constabulary. At this particular time, a very daring and successful gang of criminals were carrying out a series of raids on various jewelers within a certain area known as the Cape Town, Simonstown area. My brother and another officer, whose name I forget at the moment, were in charge of the case. After months of investigation, they discovered that the leader of the organization was a man who called himself the Knave of Diamonds, but whose real name was Max Lorraine. Lorraine, apparently, was a well-educated man who, at one time, had occupied an important position at Columbia University. Eventually, the organization was smashed. But the knave had laid his plans very carefully, and he escaped. Two months later, the officer who had assisted my brother in the investigation was murdered. It was not a pleasant murder. This was followed almost immediately by two attempts on my brother's life. Please go on. From the very first moment when Gerald was put in charge of this Midland case, he had an uneasy feeling at the back of his mind that he was up against Max Lorraine. I saw him a few days before he came up to see you, and he told me then that he was almost certain that Max Lorraine, alias the Knave of Diamonds was the real influence behind the robberies which he and Inspector Dale were investigating. I think he was a little worried, rather frightened. Had your brother discussed with Sir Graham or any of his colleagues his theory regarding this man, Lorraine? No. No, I don't think so. Why not? Because he knew only too well that they would never believe him. Never believe him? The knave is hardly the sort of person one can talk about and sound convincing. He's like a character snatched from the most sensational thriller and imbued with a strange, satanic intellect. You think that sounds silly, don't you? Well, uh, it sounds a little unusual. Mr. Temple, do you believe me? Do you believe my story about this man, Lorraine? Yes. Yes, I believe you. But tell me, did your brother ever see him? Did they ever meet no. No, not once. But he knew his methods. He knew everything about him. And he was afraid. The night your brother came to my house, 
He told me that he was firmly convinced that a well-directed criminal organization existed. But he didn't mention anything about this man, Max Lorraine. Why not, I wonder? I don't know. He intended to, I'm sure of that. He wanted your help over this case. He had a very great admiration for you. It was Gerald who persuaded me to start the Send for Paul Temple campaign in the Engli Evening Post. <laughs> My Timothy, you certainly started something. A little while ago, you said you chose the name of Steve Trent. Not only for professional reasons, but partly for another reason, too. What did you mean by that? Gerald was terrified that Lorraine might find out that he had a sister. Even in Cape Town, Gerald made me live with relatives under an assumed name. Was he naturally precautious over everything? No. But he knew that Max Lorraine would stop at nothing. Your brother must have known a great deal about this man. Yes, a great deal. And the day before he died, he passed that information on to me. To you? That they mean danger. Great danger. You realize that? Yes. What is it you know about Max Lorraine? I know that he has a small scar above the right elbow. That he smokes Russian cigarettes and is devoted to a girl who answers to the name of Ludmila. Miss Trent, you said you wanted my help. You said you wanted my help more than you've ever wanted anything in your life before. What did you mean by that? I meant that from now on I wanted to be Paul Temple versus Max Lorraine. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I was just thinking of something Price said before you arrived here. Well? He said you simply wouldn't take no for an answer. Now that I've shown you, is that quite clear, Dixie? Yes, it seems quite clear. Diana will be parked at the corner of Regent Street. I've got to get from the jewelers to the car, pass the stuff over, and then mingle with the crowd in front of the dress shop. Yes, that's right. And stay there. Don't make any attempt to sneak away until the crowd moves. Don't worry. I won't. Have you looked the place over? Yes. I had a look around this morning. Yeah, not very difficult. I should be out in a little under seven minutes. Good. Now, Skid, I want you to have a look at this map. Okay, Dr. Milton, I'm looking. See Regent Street? Yeah, I see it. That's where Diana will park the car. Now, take a look at the corner. You can see the jewelers in the dress shop the moment you come round the bend. The chief wants you to come round that corner at 7.40 precisely. You should reach the dress shop about 7.41. Then let it rip. Got that? Yeah, I got it all right. And we want a good job made of this. No half measures. Straight through the dress shop window. You understand, Skid? Sure. We want noise. And plenty of it. Don't worry, I'll wake up the old blasted town. Good. Well, thank God it's you and the lorry and not me. Shut up, Horace. You'll be all right, Skid, if you keep your head. 
All you've got to do is make it look genuine. It'll look genuine, all right. Well, I hope so. Do I wait for the smash? No. At 7.40, get to work. You won't have much time, but it shouldn't take any longer than the Gloucester job. Don't worry about me, Doc. I'll be out of there in no time. Have you got a list of the stuff? I'm expecting Diana with it. She went to see the chief this morning. Say, Doc, who is this fellow who calls himself a knave? You've been running us around now for three months, and we ain't even so much as had a glimpse of him. Don't you think that well, we Well, don't worry me, other fellas. He can be Sir Graham Forbes himself, as far as I'm concerned. All I know is he can certainly organize a cool 40000 in three months. Boy, that's what I call money. I'm not grumbling. Just sort of curious, that's all. Try me a... Oh, the hell is the night, Doc? You'll find out, my friends. All in good time. <laughs> all in good time. Say, Doc, where do you come into this Leamington job? Does Diana... As soon as you pass the stuff to Diana, she drives straight to Warwick. I take it over at Warwick and get the stuff back here. Horace does the rest. It'll be in Amsterdam by Saturday. Any idea what cut we're going to get out of this? I'm not sure. Frobisher's got a pretty heavy stock. There's a ring worth 6,000 pounds. 6,000? The knave can certainly pick him. Wait a minute. There's somebody at the panel. All right, Skid. It's only Diana. Blimey, you are off, jumpy. Sorry I'm late, Doc. No. no. Don't shut the panel. Why not? Chief's coming. A chief? Blimey. Here? Yes. Oh. Still, I think we'd better shut it. He's coming here? The knave? Yes. He's got the Birmingham money. It came through this morning. Well, I mean, that's quick work. Have you given them the Leamington details? Yes. How do you feel about it, Skid? You think you can manage the smash all right? Yes, it's easy as falling off a lock. Good. We want as much row as possible. Remember that. And as soon as you hit the dress shop, you might work it that your horn sticks. You ought to be able to fix that all right. Sure. And don't forget to dash back to the shop, Dixie. There's bound to be a crowd. Okay. Have you got a list of the stuff? Yes. Here we are. Ooh. Any good, Dixie? Any good? Watch it. It's the chief. Open the panel, Doc. Gentlemen, meet the knave. But this isn't the knave. Why? Why? Surprise, gentlemen. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs>
Hi guys, Kev here. Just like to say a big thank you for subscribing to the channel. Now back to the pod. Hi Kev here. New to my podcast is my replay list. Go check them out. Thanks again. Now back to the podcast.